welcome to the Real to Real podcast. I'm Jonathan Myers. And I'm Gary Myers. And today we'll be taking a little trip to England with this very British flick. I need to stop this. This is cringy. Uh, it's very British, though. It, it really is. The film, which we have not said the title of yet, is Yesterday. It's a 2019 film directed by, of all people, Danny Boyle, which it's weird because this is a romantic comedy directed by this guy. The first film I ever saw of Danny Boyle's is 127 Hours, which if you've seen that, to me, I think that's basically a psychological horror movie. <laughs> it is. It's like, like, it's not explicitly that, but like it's filmed with that lens. You're squirming the whole time during It's that just movie. like, oh my goodness. But we've watched some of his others, like Steve Jobs. This could not be more different from Steve Jobs. And Slumdog Millionaire. It's a little closer to that in terms of like, you know, you'd the see... Pop the pop culture intersect. Yeah, you'd also see on the poster, like, you'll stand up and cheer or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, but also a much more depressing film. All, all three of those are way more depressing than this, but... <laughs> yeah this one has a happy ending so uh, happy it's, ending yeah it's, uh, i mean i'd say 127 hours and uh well i mean if you consider that happy i consider it happy like <laughs> i was happy it was over that i didn't have to see any more cringe, you know tra things. <laughs> trade an arm for a life <laughs> true, true. <laughs> it's uh slumdog millionaire like unabashedly a happy ending but right, right, and it's, it's just a, the journey is rough. Right, it's, it's a, a rough journey. It's a lot about human depravity and and just, uh, but a great movie. Great um, movie as well. It's a it's a great great movie. But yes, Danny Boyle. It's almost like it's about his love for the Beatles, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a vehicle to to put a lot of Beatles music. Out it's there. just. I don't know. I've never seen a more unhinged filmography because like if this is just like a straight up rom-com, like there's no stepping around it. it it's a rom-com. Right. Which, you know, you don't usually see the directors who are considered like auteurs, you know, doing rom-coms. And I wish more of them because I actually like, I personally really like rom-coms. Like I actually enjoy them. They're not like high cinema, but like they're, fun to watch so it was really nice to see a director who i respect on a different level taking that on yeah it really shows because the use of camera in this movie is right very good it feels exactly like a danny boyle film it, it is well shot all the in the graph uses of graphics and and mm. uh just setting the mood that he does all that is spot on for this movie so I thought that was really good. It's one of those that, you know, it's not that highly regarded, but you know, it comes all, yeah. together and it it's it's greater than the sum total of its parts. You know, it's yeah, it's uh, it it just it works and it it stirs up emotion. Now to address some bias, all right. We are huge Beatles fans. Like, true, true. Huge Beatles fans. So that definitely had some 
impact. But I mean, even still, it's like I've seen some music biopics for like musicians that I love, like, uh, for example, the uh, the Freddie Mercury biopic and also the Whitney Houston one. And I don't like them like at yeah. all. No, I did not like. And then, yeah, but then I'll see something for like Elvis, which I don't really like Elvis's music that much, but I actually really liked the movie. That, that's so, a great that's a great movie yeah it's not all that's not always the case where it's like a musician i really like i'm not necessarily going to like the movie because like i said there there are some i have really had like a distaste towards but this one is not that case at all i love yeah. this movie right like, and yeah the the singing of the songs was great i mean they re himesh patel yeah he 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 did an excellent job. Yeah, he's kind of an up and comer right now. So this was his first film role, actually. Like, wow, that's impressive. That's just because, go out and sing the Beatles. Just go sing yeah, the Beatles during your. That is crazy. He's had like other TV roles, but this was his first film role. It's a starring role. Yeah, and he's also been in some other stuff. He was in Tenet as well. Um, he was in. He's recently was revealed to be the Watson in the Enola Holmes universe. So that's cool. Ah, yeah. Well, and he, then he he's you know paired with Lily James, and you know yeah, and she's I've been a fan of hers oh, for years. Like yeah. I think the first thing I saw her in was that Cinderella mm-hmm. movie. So if you're an old person like me, you know you you first noticed her in Downton Abbey, you know. <laughs> I, yeah, I wouldn't know that at all. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so so that's a, you know, that's a big task starring next to a, a real pro, you know, so he does a good job. You've got these two, like this really good up-and-comer, and you got someone yeah. who's pretty well-known at this point, and yeah, they do a phenomenal job. They have great chemistry. Well, the actors have great chemistry. We could talk about their characters and right, right. their struggles. I wanted to touch mm-hmm. a little bit more on the music, though. He does a, you know, within this fictional world that happens, he cracks on some of our yeah. other bands we like, and or we like some of their stuff. But Absolutely anyway, not. so I don't want to miss out on that thread. But we'll come back to that yeah. when we talk about the whole scenario uh, that puts Jack, the lead, the lead male character in this, uh, puts him in the spotlight. So we haven't we'll, even we'll said what go this through all of that. Later. So I guess, do you want to take this? Sure. So uh, uh, Jack is this guy who just has a dream about being a musician and he's, he's written some songs, you know, he's, you know, they're okay. Think of it like old school Beach Boys, you know? Like, it works. Yeah, It's yeah. pleasant to listen to. It's not really something that's going to stick out. But it's not. It wasn't the Beatles. It wasn't the Beatles music. So uh, his, his, uh, his, his favorite song is Summer Song. And it's, you know... It's kind of corny. Uh, I like the line that <laughs> future manager says about it. It's simple without being charming. I I hated it, but I didn't want to see why. 
I didn't want to listen to it again to see that's why. Right. I didn't care enough. <laughs> that's probably the best line. Yeah, at least so in funny. terms of just pure yes. like, comedy gold. There's a few others, but uh, yeah. So he's this aspiring musician. He gets gigs, but they're awful gigs. Like they're like kids tent at a festival or something. It's not at all what he wants. It's just, yeah, he basically right. just gives up after the kid's tent. Right, and so his, his manager is Lily James's character, Ellie, and she's his biggest fan. They've been friends since high school. I mean, uh, they've been friends since grade school when he played Wonderwall at the, yeah. I don't, like seventh grade, or I don't remember what grade it was, but he plays Wonderwall, and she's, you can tell that you know she's been a fan since. And fan, so she's is his manager. A pretty lightweight to put it, I think, because she yeah, is yeah. very obviously yeah. madly in love with him, and he has no clue. Right, or he, he just doesn't know it. Either way, it's right, not. Right. It's not being communicated <laughs> to him. Even though she's like trying right. her hardest to be like, yeah, do you understand why I'm a big fan yeah, of so you? <laughs> right. Anyway, so, you know, they're driving home from this gig at the kids tent at the festival. and He's just ready to give up. You know, he's like, I'm done. I've given it a try. I'm going to go back to teaching, you know, and, and, and just quit. You know, really, he's down on himself. It feels like he's torturing the world by putting music out, you know. And and she's just like, she's not having it. She's like encouraging him to do it. But she drops him off. He's, he's parked his bike. And she drops him off at his bike. And something happens in the world. The lights go out all over the world. Global power outage. <laughs> and he gets hit by a bus and is hospitalized and through the process of this hospitalization he uh he mentions the name of one song when i'm 64 lily james is just like what are you talking about that's such a weird thing to say why 64 what's the significance of that yeah and he's like come on the beatles you know and she's like who and he just thinks they're joking with him and he has like a little get together with his quote-unquote friends. I say quote-unquote because they're just so mean to him about his lost teeth. They're awful. They're <laughs> awful, yeah. I guess they're friends. Yeah, they're they just give like, him the chatter teeth. Look and, at this. No, you lost friends. your they're teeth. Friends. Isn't it so funny? You look like a cartoon character. <laughs> In it. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, so, uh, so Ellie, the Lily James character... Uh, replaces his guitar because it was broken in the in it's the, a really uh, nice in the wreck and so yeah martin a big a nice martin guitar and and he sits down and plays yesterday a good a good guitar requires a good song he says that's what he says yeah, yeah. and so he plays yesterday and they're just like astonished like where did this come when from? did you write that <laughs> yeah and he's like it's the beatles and then they you know, they're not getting it. And then they accuse him. You know, he gets really mad and says, this is the greatest song. Get off your high horse like, oh, here. Oh, come on. And no, no, no. The trip. funniest thing is he's like, it's the Beatles. 
come on, help me out here, uh, whatever his friend's name was. And then his friend was just like, oh, yeah, you see this thing about musicians. They think everyone knows, like, the underground artists, like your neutral milk hotels and stuff like that. (laughs) And they just... And they get they try to make you feel like you're dumb when you don't know these artists. Right. It made me think of the time that some some fan of Kanye West uh, did a tweet about Kanye giving uh, up and coming artists a chance when he had Paul McCartney. <laughs> that's that so was funny. So, that's what I thought of when. Anyway, and then there's a crack against Coldplay. There, he's in, they're like not. It, it's not fix you. It's not fix much- you. <laughs> yeah. And so he goes, of course it's not fix you, which is not the greatest song by Coldplay by any means. It's a good song, but Amsterdam is the greatest song. That's right. Yes. So Jonathan and I agree on that. But yeah. anyway, so, you know, they, but he realizes people don't know. The he does a elaborate Google search. Right. And he's like, he searches up anything related to the Beatles. The Beatles, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club Band. I'm going to keep that in the edit. Why not? But, <laughs> and then he he searches John, Paul, George, Ringo, and then it just shows Pope John Paul. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it goes to his vinyl collection, his Beatles records, have disappeared so he's like is music just gone so he searches up the rolling stones is like ah they're safe oh they're still there and he searches up childish gambino he's like bless you donald and then yeah <laughs> he searches oasis and he searches oasis they're gone yeah they are wiped from the planet which is a it, which is an ongoing gag with oasis that they couldn't exist without the beatles because yeah they, they nicked a lot of Beatles music. And this has been a point of criticism with this movie because the Beatles, there are probably not a single artist on the planet more influential than the Beatles. Like, right. I don't think that's a harsh statement to say. I feel like that's probably the truth. So that's not a, that's not a hot take. Yeah. I think a point of criticism with this film has been that, it doesn't really go far enough to like how much ramifications right. the lack of the Beatles would. And I kind of agree, but it's also kind of impossible to fathom. So I feel like a good save for that was to include the Rolling Stones because right. I feel like the Rolling Stones would have existed without the yeah. Beatles. True. And they are also one of the most influential bands. So, but yeah, someone like Oasis, they are pretty much like the 90s Beatles. Like, That's right. Yeah. Truly. Yeah. They're trying, they're, I mean, they're using chord progressions from the Beatles, you know? And, yeah. And so, so yeah, I, I do think maybe Coldplay would probably not make it something like viva la vida would not exist right definitely like they start experimenting i feel like parachutes might maybe because it's more like yeah but the experimental stuff like like i said viva la vida and honestly x and y which happens to be the album that fix you fix you is on yeah but (laughs) 
it's yeah, a so it's a worthy criticism and it sure. does somewhat break the illusion a little bit but here's another thing about this film it has a very fantasy high concept to it mm-hmm. most high concept films i've seen are like very intent on explaining the inner workings of that concept this film is not no it doesn't at all. care this does this film does not care this is the this is the world of this film accept it or not we're not yeah. going to explain it yeah and i kind of love that yeah i do, i do too cuz it's not it's not about that i like to learn like let's bring it back to tenet why not uh like i'm really fascinated by like them like explaining just this complete nonsense premise it's just it's very intriguing just like okay go on like how does this work like try to help me make sense of this like i do enjoy that but i like that this film just doesn't bother it's right. it's like more realistic approach to if something this freakish ever happened because another thing is it's not only the beatles that are gone it's like he got transported to some other dimension that's like right. close to our reality like so close to that everyone he knows has the exact same memories of him except for certain pockets right like when he sang wonderwall right. at the school assembly nobody remembers that because the oasis didn't exist anymore. but yeah so in this universe they this is a running gag so coca-cola doesn't exist doesn't exist right harry potter doesn't exist cigarettes don't exist, exist which honestly that's a good word take me there well okay except you know the beatles the don't exist though okay. <laughs> that's the problem and some characters point this out as well later on so he goes and and he's he starts playing these songs the beatles songs he starts remembering all writing down all the lyrics and he meets this up-and-coming uh uh, studio engineer named Gavin. Poor Gavin. This man. The poor, nicest poor dude on the planet. We're yeah. going to get into why we feel bad for this guy yeah. later he, on. He, he does nothing wrong and still gets... He's the nicest dude yeah. on the planet. And like he literally offers his recording studio for free to these people. He just heard a few songs at a bar. He's like, I'm really into this. I'll let you record it for free. And he it's says, a, these were the best moments of my life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just, we'll get to yeah. Gavin later. Anyway, they these recordings actually make it out and they start getting a little viral and they're noticed by a certain individual. The ginger geezer. Himself. <laughs> Ed Sheeran. And Ed so, uh, Sheeran playing yes. himself in a, I will say, I truly think believe this, a major role in the yes. movie. Yes, he is a major character. Yeah, he's the he's the key that unlocks, um, you know, superstardom for for Jack, and it's well known. Anybody that knows me knows I'm not a big. Ed Sheeran fan, especially his music. I am also uh, known to be not yeah, a fan so, of Ed Sheeran. So, but this actually made me 
just like the guy because he he really has a great sense of humor about himself and he realized like i'm in love with the shape of use his ringtone yeah you know <laughs> i thought that was funny yeah it's actually really every time he's on you know every scene that he's in is really good and you're just you're excited to see him come back in yeah and, and he uh, is eviscerated by yes. this movie <laughs> yes the funniest detail is that shape of you is his ringtone yeah, that is so funny. And then the <laughs> because, and then he wants to then he wants to change the lyrics of "Hey Jude" to "Hey Dude," and Jack actually does it <laughs> because of the executive pressure. Yeah. and and later on, it's like, why would you change it to "Hey Dude"? Like, so well, there there are these actually a few people who do remember the Beatles, right? There's only another like British two. lady, a Br- another and a British Russian lady, guy, and a Russian guy, yeah. Which is funny because he has like this emotional reaction to hearing him play back in the USSR, which yeah. is that's this cool touch. But they yeah. meet him and they're just really happy that he's pre- like preserving the music of the Beatles. Like they're not mad he stole it. The British lady said, "The Liverpool, a world without the Beatles." is a world that's infinitely worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's just happy that they, right. it, he found a way. But yeah, she's like, but hey, dude. He's like, I can't help it. It was Ed Sheeran. <laughs> he <laughs> did <right>. it. <laughs> it's and just so it's, brutal to Ed Sheeran. So yeah, so Ed Sheeran has a small, small concert going on in Russia. And that's, he's letting Jack Malik because you see something in him. He's letting Jack Malik do a little feature to get the crowd going. And they love him. They love him. In fact, Ed Sheeran's manager is there. But they have like a little songwriting competition. And Ed Sheeran maybe writes in 10 minutes probably one of the better Ed Sheeran songs I've ever heard. I was like, you know what? This is decent. Yeah, it was I good. could yeah. listen to this. Like, yeah. It's a good metaphor. It's got a good jam to it. Good job, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah. This man, Jack Malik, brings in the long and winding road. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Ed Sheeran is just like, no, no vote. We're not voting on which song was better. It was you. I guess I guess there always was going to be a songwriter better than me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just goes away and sulks. It's just, yeah. it's brutal. Yeah, it, it is funny. He's a great sport about it. And yeah, it, it's and it like really... a humiliating role. Like, oh, he loved every minute. Of but it. no, it's just, it just shows he had a good sense of humor. Respect yeah. to him for having a good sense of humor. So, so Malik, uh, he goes and and records the the album, you know, and he's going through all this with Ed Sheeran's manager. So he has a going away party. Oh yeah. This is before he goes to America and needs to get the album ready and stuff like that. So everyone's there, all of his friends, his parents. We never, we don't even need to talk about his parents. They're, they're, they're hilarious. They're man. hysterical. Uh, they're very annoying, but hysterically funny. Yeah, everyone's there, including, of course, Ellie. And Ellie is looking at his little 
columns of post-it notes where he's trying to remember the words of the Beatles. And she's like, how did I get put in the wrong column? How did, how am I not in the, what was the title? I don't know. The, the, like girlfriend, you know, whatever. But, but she's in the friend manager column. And this is when it finally dawns on this man. Somehow he's like, Oh, oh, everything makes sense now. But, you know, he just leaves anyway. And uh, that that comes to play a little later. So he's in America, and now we can get to uh, the major marketing meeting of meetings. Major marketing meeting of meetings. It was funny. Very funny. So first they unveil the name of the album, and in the process, you know, uh, Jack had suggested Abbey Road as the title. And also and he, White Album. And yeah. also si- Sergeant Pepper's. Lo- the right. White Album was the funniest one to me because uh, the chairman of the meeting is just like, yeah, this has a little uh, diversity problem. <laughs> that's there's right. Just, that's right. There's just too much white here. No, and no, then Jack no. Malik, who's literally not white, is like, what are you talking about? Yeah. His face is on the album. It's yeah. just like, yeah, this is a diversity issue. I, I thought the, the Abbey Road one was funniest to me because the guy says, it's just a road. <laughs> With the bunch of cars driving down the wrong side of the road. <laughs> I that was so funny. That's great. Uh, oh, it, did, it didn't have a lot going for it, you know. It's yeah, just so what they do is the most bland cover slash title. Yes. One man only. <laughs> but the title actually hits the core that he's feeling already. Yeah. He's an imposter. So it's really it's not one man him. only. Yeah, it's not one man only. It's John, Paul, George, and Ringo, really. You know, and so so that that really kind of is the point where he's really wrestling with this line. That he's yeah. doing. Right. He he goes to Liverpool because he says, I need to go to these places I've never been. I need to go yeah. to the Strawberry Field Asylum and he needs to go to Penny Lane and where there was all a barber shop, you know. That's right. He's trying to remember the words. He goes to uh Eleanor, Eleanor Rigby's grave. grave, yeah. That's right, yeah. So um, uh anyway, so she meets him there and you know, he's more willing to he's thinking about maybe that he does want to be with her. And, and uh, in the end, he chooses James Corden. Right. She gives, the, <laughs> she gives the ultimatum. He goes ahead, even though he's already feeling that emptiness by being, you know, it's not even by selling music. out. Yeah, yeah. It's not even his music. Like he pushes the summer song to Ed Sheeran's manager. And she's just like, I hated it, but didn't yeah. want to listen again to see why. Yeah, and so, so he goes ahead and 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 goes and and goes to the James Corden show of all and, things. Uh, of yeah, all yeah. things. Well, he's a British guy because it is a British film. It doesn't matter. I think Brits like would like to revoke James Corden from being one of them. <laughs> That's what I've heard. I I, I hear British people right. do not like him. So this becomes really the major theme for me. It's like you're missing out on the, the thing that's right before you that's going to give you fulfillment and happiness. 
and you you're chasing a dream and it's a phony dream because it's not even it's your not music even authentic. You know, not even authentic and so you know and then this big phony meeting marketing meeting of the, what was it called the major marketing the marketing meeting of meetings you know all of this is just pointing to the fact that he's yeah, an imposter he just he's just an imposter and so he's missed what's right in front of him he's put ellie in the friend category he, he's just missing out on what could be the yeah. better dream of you know spending his life with her and uh, it all comes to a head uh, when they go back to, he's going to release the album at the Pier Hotel on the coast of England. This somewhere. hotel, and th- this is a hilarious detail. I think it kind of got cut from the theme. I think I saw it in a deleted scene. But they allude that this hotel closed just so he couldn't play. Yeah, but they they allude to it. Yeah, yeah. Right before, it was like his. It was going to be his big, you know, next step. And he and Ellie go there, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, you didn't hear." We Let's closed. just say about you Jack know. Malik, he's not the type of like protagonist you look look up to. You kind of just pity him. He's like, yeah, he's, he's kind he's, of a he's sad a bit of a yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has a lot of sad things. But anyway, yeah. he picks the Pier Hotel. Uh, as his release party, you know, and he's going through all this angst and, and right before he go on the stage out there on the pier hotel, he finds out from Ellie. Gavin. that She's with Gavin. Remember Gavin, you know, or for Gavin, you know exactly where this is going. <laughs> so anyway, and so there's a, so that's awkward. And he's just got like this sadness about him and he's about to go, on stage and so rocky we never told him about rocky so rocky's an old friend from high school that is a ne'er-do-well guy and he had gotten fired from his job as a road <laughs> we watch it happen and he's he's going on there yeah but jack you know in, on his yeah. ascent he lovable hires idiot rocky lovable so, idiot and so yeah he's a lovable idiot and so so there's a little metaphor i thought I could yeah. be totally wrong. It may not have been. You intended. told me about this. Yeah. I think it's a pretty brilliant yeah. reading. Yeah. So, uh, so right after Ellie's told um, Jack about Gavin, their relationship, um, Rocky's leading them out to this big moment and he leads him up to the door and he's like, before we go out here, I just want to thank you for giving me an opportunity and doing all this for me. He's like, I love you. you you're my, you're my best friend and all this stuff. And he opens the door and it's the wrong door, <laughs> which is a metaphor for what Jack is doing with his life. He's, he's yeah. going through the wrong door. And so I, it, I don't know if it was intended or not, but it works. It, it really, right when he's on the cusp of his of success, he realizes that he's missed the thing that would make him happy. So to me, I thought it was, an intentional metaphor for that. So, yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And so he goes out there and and he sings "Help," and it's the most "Help me!" Yeah, he's like, all right. So the climax of the film. Jack Malik asks Ed Sheeran if he could perform a little bit of a set 
at his sold out Wembley Stadium concert. And this is this is a good climax. It is a little over the top for me in some regards, and I will get to that. But he has two purposes with this. He, well, first of all, he plays some songs, you know, does his normal shtick. So, like, he makes sure people are getting what they came for, even though it's a surprise, actually. It's a complete surprise, but, you know, when Jack Malik shows up on stage, you expect his songs. And it's like, and he plays them. He plays like three or four songs. But then he comes clean and says, tell you what, I did not write any of these songs. Four men wrote these songs, but for some reason, nobody remembers. But it's okay. I'm going to not profit off of this at all. And he uploads them all to the web for free right before the album is going to release. Uh Like it's like weeks away. So obviously his manager is very upset. Now the other intention of this concert crashing is that he could profess his love to Ellie. And he does it in a way that's just like, (laughs) this is a bit (laughs) uncomfortable. Yeah, he puts her on the big screen. She she's backstage. She's like so happy. She's like, "Yeah, I'm going to be backstage for this show for my friend." Yeah, let's let's be very clear. Ellie gives up on pursuing him, but she still like very much appreciates him. Like she appreciates him as a friend and she's still probably his biggest fan. But she goes backstage and then it dawns on her once once she says, This this woman right here is Ellie. And she's like, Oh, I am on camera in front of this entire stadium. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, okay, Jack Malik, you might have gone a little too far here. This is a little awkward. And he professes his love to her right then and there at the Wembley Stadium. Right. So an audience. And guess who else is there? Guess who else is there? None other than Gavin. (laughs) Yes, yes. Gavin did nothing wrong. And so afterwards, they have to run from the crazy... uh, Manager. And fans. Ed Sheeran's manager and the fans. And and they run into Gavin, and he's like, I I understand, you know. And and he goes on, and, and we're just like feeling really bad for... Gavin at this moment. He does find someone though. That's right. So anyway, to to fast forward, spoiler alert, they get married and he goes back to teaching and they have two kids by the end of the show and Gavin marries Ellie's old roommate. So it's all good. It all it all turns out well for Gavin. So so for me, it was really one of those things where, you know, it's about chasing the wrong thing, uh, yeah. that dream and, and not being your authentic self. And, uh, and, and that sometimes you get what you think you want. And in the end, that's not you realize you don't actually want it. You don't want that. And yeah. so what he really wanted was always right there in front of him from the first time he sang Wonderwall and, and earned her as a fan. And, yeah, absolutely. 
And so, again, it's it's a fun movie aided by lots of great music. And oh uh, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's a fun watch, and it's it's good in the end. But man, you just think, what a dummy at times. He is <laughs> like I will reemphasize this. He is kind of a dumb protagonist. <laughs> Like, I'll give him this. It takes some effort to really remember those songs. But it's just like, the decisions he makes are just like, what are you doing, man? Yeah. So we've left some really uh, good nuggets for you to discover. Um, we yeah. haven't mentioned some, like, kind of the wonderful plot twist. Yeah, 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 that's really good. And, and, and some other things. So... It's a fun little watch, and uh, it's a it's a film we like. So, I think uh, that's about it, really. So uh, we're gonna go totally different than these first two on our on our next uh, next uh, discussion. We're gonna look at two thousand one, a space odyssey. And yes, so, a very very happy, uh, funny film. Right, as, right with. Yeah. <laughs> With no relevance to today. No, no, no. We're not going to somehow tie it into today's culture in any way in particular. So for now, I'm uh, Gary Myers from my home studio in New Orleans. I'm Jonathan Myers from my second home studio in Starkville. (laughs) And this has been the Real to Real Podcast. Thank you for listening.